This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hmm. Today is Monday, October 8th, 2007, and you're listening to episode number 53 of the Taylor Merrick Podcast, sponsored by GoDaddy. Today you'll learn about Know Yourself, online catalog company, and may you like free Wi-Fi with your order. To the Taylor Merrick Podcast, the three-in-one podcast on finances, business, and technology. Podcasting to you from the studios of TaylorMerrick.com, located in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Here's your host, Taylor Merrick. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Taylor Merrick Podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the Taylor Merrick Podcast. Welcome to new listeners, and welcome if you are a regular listener. Hope you're gaining much out of this, and you can report back on how much you're learning, and if you want to... Let others know what you're learning by posting on the Taylor Merrick Podcast forums, as well as calling in on our toll-free number, 1-866-TMP-2860. You can also call in if you have questions, comments, ideas of any kind that you would like to contribute. Now, as for today's episode because I'm really interested in the content that's coming up so I figure I'll just skip the usual introductions and things that go on and I'll move right into the content and as for today's episode episode number 53 sponsored by GoDaddy today you learn about know yourself for finances for business you learn about online catalog company and for technology, you would like, may you like, free Wi-Fi with your order. Are you looking for a place to get a domain name or web hosting? Well, then look no further. GoDaddy is the answer to all your questions. They have 24-7 technical support, reachable on a phone. They have best domain name pricing you can find anywhere. They have... Everything and anything that you need to make and get and keep your piece of the internet and make your piece of the internet successful. And when you go out to GoDaddy.com to purchase your domain names, why don't you use these two codes to help you save next time you purchase? And when you're in a checkout line you have your web hosting order ready, 
for when you're getting web hosting through GoDaddy, use the code POD11, P-O-D-11, to save 10% on that. Or just in general, buying a domain name or anything else, use the code BLUE11, B-L-U-1-1. Try GoDaddy today, own your piece of the internet, and save. Now as for finances today, it is Know Yourself. And this is continuing on in the tutorial that has been going on for uh, close to a month now about Investing 101. This one is Knowing Yourself. Link to this will be in the show notes. And of course, you've probably heard about this famous Greek maxim scribed on the Temple of Apollo's Oracle at Delphi, Know Thyself. Well, in the context of investing, wise words emphasize that success depends on ensuring your investment strategy fits your personal characteristics. Now, even though all investors try to make money, you need, each one comes from a diverse background and has different needs. And it follows that there are certain investing vehicles and methods suitable for certain investors. Now, there are many factors that can determine a pass. But we'll look at three main categories, investment objectives and investing personality. Now, for investment objectives, generally speaking, investors have a few factors to consider when looking for the right place to park their money. Safety of capital, current income, and capital appreciation are factors that influence an investment decision and will depend on a person's age stage or position in life and personal circumstances. Now, a 75-year-old widow obviously would be more interested in preserving their value as investments than a 30-year-old business executive. As investment income isn't currently paying the bills, the executive can afford to be more aggressive in his or her investment strategies, while the widow would be more conservative. An investor's financial position also affects his or her objectives. Multimillionaire is going to have more different goals than a newly married couple just starting out. For example, a millionaire in an effort to increase his profit for the year might have no problem putting down 100000 for real estate. To him, a hundred grand is a small percentage of his overall worth. And meanwhile, the couple is concentrating on saving up for a down payment on a house and can't afford to risk losing their money in a speculative venture. Now, regardless of the potential returns of a risky investment, speculation is just not appropriate for the young couple. Now, as a general rule, remember this, the shorter your time horizon, the more conservative you should be. For instance, if you're investing primarily for retirement and you're still in your 20s, well, you have plenty of time to make up for any losses you might incur. At the same time, if you start when you're young, you don't have to put huge chunks of your paycheck away every month because you have the power of compounding on your side. We learned about compounding in episode 52. Now, on the other hand, if you're about to retire, it's very important that you either safeguard and or increase the money you have accumulated. The second category is personality. What's your style? Do you love fast cars, extreme sports, and a thrill of a risk? Or do you prefer reading in your hammock, enjoying the calmness, stability, and safety of your backyard? Peter Lynch one of the greatest investors of all time has said that the key organ for investing is the stomach, not the brain. In other words, you need to know how much volatility you stand to see in your investments. 
figuring this out for yourself is far from an exact science, but there is some truth to an old investing maxim. You've taken on too much risk when you can't sleep at night because you're worrying about your investments. Another personality trait that will determine your investing path is your desire to research investments. Some people love nothing more than digging into financial statements and number crunching, of which I am one. I love crunching numbers. To others, the terms balance sheet, income statement, and stock analysis sound as exciting as watching paint dry. <laughs> and true that is. Others just might not have the time to plow through the financial statement. Now you should put it all together. You come up with the third category, which is your risk tolerance. Now, the main thing determining what works best for an investor is his or her capacity to take on risk. Now, we've mentioned some core factors that determine risk tolerance, but remember that every individual situation is different, and that we've mentioned is far from a comprehensive list of ways in which investors differ from one another. The important point of this section is that an investment is not the same to all people. Keep this in the back of your mind for upcoming sections of this tutorial. Now, if you're not sure uh, about how you would react to market movements, or if you just want to get a head start by practicing, I can suggest a good starting point. I actually have an account myself here. Consider starting up a mock portfolio on investopedia.com. You can get that by going to simulator.investopedia.com. And what this simulator does is it gives you $100,000 of virtual money in an account that tracks the real stock market. Now, it's a simulated experience of investing. It can help you know your head, your habits, and your stomach before you even invest one real dollar. I like this. I've made, uh, I did about $5,000 off of uh, McDonald's stock one time. But I, I just bought some basic stock. I really wasn't looking into what other stocks I might have, but as time went on, I started looking into other stocks, you know, charting graphs, predicting what would happen, looking for certain types and figures, if you know, bell shape or whatever. And this might go over, all over your head right now, but that's because I took some time to become educated in the stock market and a lot of that came through that free investing simulator you can find on investopedia.com. I'd encourage you to do it. I enjoy it. <laughs> the virtual money, and you're playing with the real stock market, but you're not using a single dollar out of your own pocket. You're using virtual money, which is one thing I really love. So if you have any questions, feel free to call them in. Toll free, 1-866-TMP-2860. And... We will continue this tutorial next week. And right now, that'll be it for finances. We'll be right back with business. This show is a proud member of the Financial Podcast Directory. You can find this and other financial-related podcasts dealing with your personal finance at financialpodcastdirectory.com. This podcast is a member of the Blueberry Network. Blueberry. No ease. That's Blueberry, B-L-U-B-R-R-Y, dot com. Blueberry dot com. Now, as for business today, it is online catalog company. This is an answer I found over at businessweek.com. Somebody asked a question saying, I am interested in starting a mail order catalog company. How would I go about this? 
And the answer comes from Karen E. Klein, and the link to this will be in the show notes. And she answers it. I actually quite interested in her answer. Very interesting. She says, starting a catalog business is not a project for the faint of heart. Says Mark Lee, who is a veteran catalog marketeer who recently began consulting. His experience is that most successful catalog startups are offshoots of established retailer internet businesses. He says, at the moment I'm working with a true from scratch startup client, but I believe they will have spent more than $1 million by the time their first catalogs arrive in homes. Principals have years of experience in the catalog and internet industries and have solid capital behind them, says Lee of Mark Lee Group, and he's based in Charlottesville, Virginia. A first order of business may be to rethink your plans and start your company online, where the costs are smaller and risks are lower. Basic framework for an e-commerce website can be had for uh, $10,000 to $15,000 without the copy or photos, Lee says. Me being a technical guru right here, web guru, I can tell you, you can get it for a lot lower and a lot better quality. I, yeah, It's sort of touchy when you get into higher priced items like e-commerce on the internet and web design. Because I know way too many examples and have way too many friends that fell into this example, this trap that, well, the higher the cost for, you know, getting a website or getting e-commerce or something similar, fill in a blank, it must be really good quality. Well, I know uh, one person who spent a couple thousand and got nothing and I know another person who, I don't know how much they spent, but the website might as well be worth $100 because it's very, very poorly done. And, of course, you know that uh, there's a certain way you go about creating stuff. You're creating a brand for a company. It seemed like they created a like a, a 12-year-old beginner created this website. And supposedly, the company that designed it that lives in my area, supposedly, through their very sarcastic ads, are supposed to be saying, oh, well, you know, we can create the best website better than the one that your cashier's friend's uncle's nephew recommended from a kid off the street. Well kid off the street could have done a whole lot better job than uh, that company itself. But I'm starting to ramble now. But you can talk to me if you're interested in getting e-commerce. I know loopholes and options. Well, not really loopholes, but something that costs a lot cheaper. doesn't cost 10000 15000 to get e-commerce for your website. Now, if you can get an online customer base established, you'll also have a customer mailing list. And that'll be crucial when your catalogs may cost you more than $1 each to create, print, and mail. Now, while mail-order catalogs aren't going extinct, successful kitchen table startups are rarities these days because of increased competition from offline and online retailers and the thousands of established catalogs already crowding the market. Catalog response rates have been in a more or less steady decline since the 1950s, Lee says, 
It's not an unusual feat even for an established catalog to experience response rates below 1% from non-customers. Catalog companies all lose money on sending to prospects, hoping to gain it back by getting lifelong customers whose response rates are more like 5-8%. Now along with competition, postal rate increases have been outpacing inflation, and this particularly hurts small catalogs that can't take full advantage of bulk mail discounts, and paper costs are currently very high. Starting from scratch, if you can get started online, establish a brand, find customers in a niche that is under-deserved, your likelihood of success with the mail order catalog is going to be much greater than if you try to mail a print version immediately. Eventually, print catalog can be a good method for getting your products in front of your new customers who would not find your website on their own. Lee said that manufacturing products yourself or being a direct importer will improve your growth mar profit margins once you do get started. And two other things are likely to help. Getting some experience working for a catalog company and raising enough capital to help you through the three years or so it may take to break even. Now, once you're ready to put your catalog in circulation or even start selling online, make sure you understand how to fill orders. I believe a number of dot-com retailers ran around 10 years ago because they underestimated the importance of handling orders, payments, shipping, and returns. Customers are accustomed to first-class treatment and feel they have a right to fast shopping, knowing what's in stock before they order, and liberal return policies. Now remember, customer comes first. First thing you should learn about business. Customer comes first, and the customer is always right. So if the customer... Customers can be very demanding, but you should be able to provide them with that first-class treatment. Now, there are soup-to-nuts fulfillment houses that can handle the phone calls, packing, and shipping, but of course, this all costs money. Now, if you have any questions about this, or if you got something interesting out of this topic this, this week, call in toll-free 1-866-TMP-2860, or if you're outside of the U.S., you can send me an email by going to taylormerrick.com and clicking on the contact me button found on the top of the website. Now that will wrap it up for business. We'll be right back with technology. This podcast is proudly listed at podcastpickle.com. You are listening to yet another one of the fine members of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Find more of the member shows over at techpodcasts.com. Now as for technology today, it is May You Like Free Wi-Fi with Your Order. And I like this because uh, this title right here is one I came up with myself, so you're not going to really see it anywhere else unless somebody copies it off me. But I thought up of this myself, so I like the title. And basically what it's saying is this is UK McDonald's is serving up free Wi-Fi. Now McDonald's is about to launch free Wi-Fi services across its 1,200 outlets in UK, claiming that this will make the company the largest provider of free wireless internet access in the country. Now the move is in line with the McDonald's strategy to shift the brand into a higher-end market currently occupied by uh, trendy coffee bars such as Starbucks. Last year, the company commenced refurbishing 200 choice sites with some more muted green and yellow color scheme instead of the traditional red and yellow. Now, whether that worked or not, 
I don't know. Unfortunately, I don't live in the UK. So, if you live in the UK, let me know whether that seemed to work or not. I also upgraded the interiors with designer furnishings. At the same time, the company has diversified and augmented its menu to include some healthier options. The company hopes the Wi-Fi service will attract more business people into its outlets, but Chief Information Officer Evan Brooks said the company expects its existing customer base to respond to the service too. McDonald's estimates that a regular hotspot user who pays to log on for an hour per week will save as much as $530 or £260 per year on premium Wi-Fi charges. Now McDonald's already has a relationship with BT Open Zones and retains the carrier as a telecommunications partner, but they've also signed up the cloud to, as a hotspot access provider. According to McDonald's website, McDonald's already offers about 15,000 outlets, including more than 8,000 in the United States. But unlike in the UK, the service isn't necessarily free here. What do you think, those who live in the UK? Yes, I thought I would get to another country instead of the, just the US. And this article happened to catch my eye. And so I'm interested about you people who live in the UK. What do you think about this? Good, bad? Or otherwise, I would like your insights into what's going on in McDonald's. Is this, is this Wi-Fi services working or not? And I'm also interested on the business end of it, trying to see if their new uh, refurbishing worked or not. How to, is their green and yellow color scheme and designer furnishings working out? Good, bad, or otherwise, I'm interested because it seems like they're coming out of their brand a bit more to interest I guess some more people but I might not know the whole story if you know the story and you live in the UK please contact me let me know and as well as uh, let the audience know this audience I'm sure they're pretty much pretty interested in how their new color scheme is going as well as if this Wi-Fi service will work how well it's working and uh, if they're going to become the largest provider of free Wi-Fi in the UK. You that live in the UK, you can, by all means, contact me by going to taylormerrick.com website, click on a contact me button, or leave a comment in the show notes that is also found on the same website. Leave a comment there or in the forums about your experiences and what you think about this McDonald's Wi-Fi, but if you're not in UK, hey, you're also free to comment on it as well. This podcast depends on user submissions and user comments, user feedback, so I'm interested in what you have to say about McDonald's serving up free Wi-Fi. Well, yep, technology is really short today, and... That will wrap it up for technology. Thanks for listening to this episode in the Taylor Merrick Podcast. Show notes for this episode and past episodes can be found by going to taylormerrick.com. If you have any questions, comments, ideas at any time, please call 1-866-TMP-2860. Don't forget to join in the conversation at the Taylor Merrick Podcast forums. I'm Taylor Merrick, and I will see you next week. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. 
To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.